Welcome to the Thomas Scientific Podcast, Season 2. Serving as a trusted partner in science for over 120 years, Thomas Scientific is dedicated to providing the latest in science news, supplies, and custom solutions to the scientific community. This season, we will be teaming up with industry experts to explore cutting-edge topics in science. There's no easier way to stay informed without stopping what you're doing. Listen to the Thomas Scientific Podcast while you work. Hello and welcome. My name is Sophie Wallace. I'm part of the marketing team at Corning, and I'll be your co-host for today's podcast. Our topic today is suspension cell culture scale-up. We'll discuss some of the applications for suspension cell culture and what Corning can offer to your customers. I'm joined today by two members of our field applications team, and they specialize in bioprocess as well as 3D cell culture techniques. Dr. Sasha Kieslisch provides support in Canada and received his PhD from McGill University with a focus in viral vector production. Dr. Katherine Seiler is the manager for the East Coast field team and received her PhD from Johns Hopkins University with a focus in developmental neuroscience. Today, Kat and Sasha work extensively with process development groups to optimize production capabilities and cellular scale-up conditions from viral production to cellular therapeutics. Thank you for joining us today, Kat and Sasha. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course, happy to be here. It's great to have you. Over the past few years, it seems like suspension cell culture has started to expand into new applications, including cell and gene therapies. As more and more researchers apply suspension cell culture, what are some parameters they need to consider to optimize their process? Thank you, that's a great question. So typically, the initial step of process optimization is testing and optimizing multiple conditions at a small scale. These conditions or parameters can include media formulation, pH, temperature, oxygen, or even cell line selection. Scientists do this at a small scale to be able to test multiple conditions at a time. And nowadays, high throughput screens and applications of design of experiment, or DOE, are very popular to generate sufficient and robust data. But carrying out these experiments at a small scale also has the advantage of being more cost-effective, and it requires less time to work with small cultures compared to large volumes. Overall, the goal of these experiments is to improve the productivity to ultimately lower the cost of the large-scale manufacturing. For example, scientists looked at optimizing the cell density, the protein yield, or virus titer. Thank you, Sasha. So what kinds of vessels are most commonly used for this step? The most common types of vessels that we see being used at this step are Erlenmeyer or shake flasks. But depending on the cell type or the application, spinner flasks can also be pretty popular. The advantage for both of those is that there's really minimal capital investment and most of the experiments can be performed in standard cell culture labs. All right. After initial process optimization, what are the next steps scientists typically take? So once the cell culture process has been optimized at a small scale, the next step is to increase the volume or scale of production. Here, it's very important to already look ahead and consider 
what is the final scale of your process? Ideally, you want to stick to the same technology to ensure easy scalability and consistency. So let me give you an example. At production scales below 5 liter, Erlmeyer flasks or Spinner flasks might be sufficient. These flasks scale up fairly easy by using consecutively larger vessels from 125 ml to 5 liter. In addition, they allow for a flexible scale-out approach where multiple flasks of the same size are used simultaneously. So I would add that there are some cell types like immune cells that don't require mixing or agitation from something like a shake flask or a spinner flask. And for those cells, Corning has cell expansion bags that are an easy solution to scale from 500 mils up to five liters. So here, the entire bag is gas permeable that allows efficient exchange of CO2 and oxygen during growth. And of course, they come sterile, ready to use. They have closed system adapters for liquid transfer and sampling. But beyond that, what you would typically see would be a rocking bioreactor. And further in that scale-up train, you would see something like a large stirred tank reactor. So with those vessels in mind, what should scientists be aware of when they plan to increase their production scale? So that's a great question. Even if you have optimized every condition at the small scale, the scale-up itself might require more optimization, potentially re-optimization of your previously targeted parameters. For example, the mixing behavior of a liquid culture is different in an Erlenmeyer flask than in a stirred tank bioreactor or a spinner flask, which would require optimization of oxygenation through different impeller and shaker speeds, as an example. In addition, protocols for certain process steps need to be adjusted to account for that larger volume and the longer mixing time. So the example there would be transfection protocols. You would need to look at that. A lot of the conversation around scaling up is, of course, based on what the cells will need to be successful and examining the signs surrounding the process. However, we also encourage customers to think about some of the logistics of a scale-up process. That includes things like your facility floor plan and whether you want to have dedicated space for certain equipment, like a stirred tank bioreactor. In addition, there are considerations like the number of personnel you can dedicate to a process, as well as any training or maintenance that will be required for new equipment. Once scientists are working at a larger scale, I can imagine the stakes become a lot higher if anything goes wrong with the product or if it becomes contaminated in any way. What are some ways to prevent risks with a larger process? Yes, you're right. At larger production scale, the cost of contamination and the safety of the operator become a critical aspect. You need to protect the product and ensure its sterility and quality, but you also need to protect the people who are working with, for example, large volumes of infectious viruses. At this point, the switch to closed system solutions is something I recommend. Products for cell and gene therapy biotherapeutics and vaccines need to be manufactured under standards of good manufacturing practice or GMP. 
and those require closed system solutions to minimize the risk of adventitious contamination during drug development and manufacturing. In addition, production of viruses for gene therapy and vaccines typically requires a higher biosafety standard, such as biosafety level 2 lab conditions, or BSL2, especially if the volumes of product is high. What types of solutions does Corning offer to help scientists to implement these closed systems? Many of the Corning bioprocess products have standard pre-assembled closed system options available. That includes Erlenmeyer flasks and spinner flasks. So there the connections can be made via lure locks or MPCs or even tube welding. But we can also customize configurations to meet the customer's specifications if they want a certain adapter or connector or a tubing length. So it seems like Corning offers a number of options. Can you break down some of the different types of connectors that Corning's products feature and why someone might prefer one versus another? Sure. For example, some of our smallest vessels and bags use Lurlock connectors. These can be opened and closed many times, but connections need to be made inside a biosafety cabinet. MPC connectors can also be opened and closed several times. However, due to the larger diameter, they allow a faster fluid transfer. MPC and Lurlock are also the most cost-efficient solutions and can be autoclaved. And on the other hand, there are connectors like Aseptiquix or ReadyMate or CleanPack connectors. Those can be made outside of the biosafety cabinet. So in contrast to lure lock and MPC, which can be opened and closed multiple times, Aseptiquix, ReadyMate, CleanPack, those connections are permanent and can only be used once. So for the greatest flexibility, you could use tube welding. So that also allows connections to be made outside of the biosafety cabinet. You do have the capital investment with tube welding because you have to purchase a tube welder. Do you have complementary closed system solutions that can be combined with the Erlenmeyer and spinner flasks that you mentioned? We do, and that is intentional. So our bioprocess closed system solution portfolio offers things like centrifuge tubes at the 50 and 500 mil size, things like storage bottles and collection bags, all with pre-assembled closed system solutions to give you a complete solution for your scale-up workflow. So when you put it all together, our portfolio allows for a complete implementation of closed system solutions throughout your scale-up, from small shake flask or spinner flasks to larger rocking bioreactors or stir tank bioreactors. So here, liquid can be transferred from one vessel to another using our sterile and ready-to-use pre-assembled solutions. And the choice of multiple adapter option allows for customization. For example, one can inoculate a pilot-scale stir tank bioreactor from a 5-liter closed-system Erlenmeyer flask. Thank you for explaining that. Continuing with closed systems, is this something that you see once people are in manufacturing or working at a large scale? That's a great question because we can look at things historically versus what's happening now. 
Previously, we would only see closed systems and tubing accessories once people were working at a relatively large scale with hundreds of liters of media and cells. However, it is quite common now that people are thinking about closed systems at a much smaller scale. That way, when things do scale up and move on to manufacturing, the customer has already made choices to make that transition easier. And further on that point, when people start early with a closed system, they may actually just be putting together things that they have in-house. That requires manual assembly, and then they also have to sterilize it. What they may not realize at that point is that we have a portfolio of pre-assembled and sterile accessories that are off the shelf and ready to ship. So this can really speed up the timelines and make everything more consistent. My last question is about service. What services or support does Corning offer for customers looking to design their upstream bioprocess platform? Well, you're currently talking to support. So field application scientists like myself and Sasha, as well as our biopharma sales specialists provide support to aid you with designing and fitting the correct platform and accessory vessels tailored to your space and your applications. So we'll often start with a phone call or a webinar to discuss your needs. And ultimately, we come on site to help assess what might be the best fit for you. And of course, ensure that the personnel are trained and ready to implement the products. Then beyond training, the field applications team can offer live run support when you are prepared to execute your initial pilot or your production run. Thank you, Kat and Sasha, for joining us today to talk about some of the applications for cell culture in gene and cell therapy and the portfolio options from Corning. It was great to hear about the portfolio and the support being offered to help ensure success for customers designing their upstream bioprocess workflows. To learn more about any of Corning's products, check out the portfolio on the Thomas Scientific website, thomassci.com, or contact your local Thomas Scientific representative. Thank you for listening. Have you registered for the latest webinar at Thomas Scientific? Check out our events page at thomasi.com today for all upcoming webinars, as well as a look at past webinars. We are always working with your most trusted manufacturers, bringing you information and helpful solutions to your science. Be in the know by registering for our next webinar. Visit thomasi.com slash events for more information today. Did you know that Thomas Scientific has a dedicated team of specialists for the cannabis market, consisting of sales leaders and industry experts? We work within an extensive supplier network featuring broad range, market-leading brands and products. If you want to learn more, visit our new cannabis section at thomasi.com slash cannabis.